Hello and welcome to The Gathering Church. My name is John Mark Redwine and I'm the lead pastor. We are so honored to have you joining us today. If it's your first time joining, make sure you hit like, share, or subscribe if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook. And if you're on our live.gatherashville.org feed, say hi in the comments and let us know you're here. In just a couple of weeks, we are launching Gather Homes. It's time to bring the people back to church, even if we have to bring the church to the people. We know that church is more than a building or a large gathering. It's about learning to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. And it's about gathering people around Jesus and around one another. Gather homes are how we plan to do that over the next phase of reopening. If you missed the announcement, Gather Homes are small campuses and people's homes all over our city. Doors open at 9.30 a.m. and you'll be greeted by our host who will welcome you in to have a cup of coffee and a light breakfast set up by a Dream Teamer. At 10 a.m. you'll worship together while your kids go with a kids volunteer to do kids curriculum and to play together and have fun. And then by 11 a.m. service is over and you can hang out a bit before Gather Homes conclude at 11.15 a.m. For this to work, we need homes. Your home doesn't need to be perfect, and you don't need to know what to do yet. Just sign up and a volunteer to be a host home, and we will resource you, train you, and help you get this done. I know some of you may feel hesitant to let people in your home yet, and so here's a couple things we are doing. You can choose how many people are allowed to sign up for your home. We are going to have many dream teams in each gather home with one position being cleanup. The cleanup dream teamer will arrive early to wipe everything down before your gather home begins and they will help clean up and wipe everything down again once it's over. We're also suggesting face masks for our gather homes. We care about your safety. We also believe this is a responsible next step in getting people back into community. Sign up at our website, gatherashville.org. Today we are in week two of a series called Enemies of Progress. The coronavirus has stalled progress all over the world in many ways, not just political and economical, but personal as well. I was just about to start a life-changing gym routine, and then this pandemic hit. As the stay-at-home orders started coming down, a lot of us made personal goals. We decided we would use this time to get ahead in different ways, to accomplish different goals, and to leave quarantine better than when we started it. But then, weeks later, many of us didn't accomplish our goals, and we're feeling defeated and guilty, and we're trying to figure out what happened. The reality is that this kind of thing doesn't only happen in pandemics. It may be magnified right now, but maybe you're all too familiar with the enemies of progress that slow us down. Paul talks about our need to grow and move forward spiritually in Philippians 3.13. It says, Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken a hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. And that's what we want to do in this series. 
We want to help you forget what is behind you so you can strain toward what is ahead and to press on toward the goal you've been called to. We want to kill these enemies of progress so you can gain ground spiritually, mentally, and physically. Last week, we talked about the enemy of progress we call vice. Over this last week, many of us participated in a detox, saying no to whatever it was we overindulged in over the course of this quarantine. This week, I want to talk about another enemy of progress that can be just as destructive. It's destructive in a way very different to vice. Instead of making intentionally bad decisions, sometimes when we are making progress, we just get stuck. Everything stops and we don't have it in us to get moving again. And so wherever we are, we remain. Today, I want to talk about complacency. Complacency is an ancient enemy of progress. It's one that slowed us down and kept us from becoming who we are called to be for a very long time. We all know the feeling. Things were going well. We're praying every morning. We've been enjoying our worship time. And then one day we slept in because we needed it. And then that felt pretty good. So we did it again the next day. And you know what? It just feels so right. So, or maybe you decided to go to the gym. And so you did and you got dedicated to it. And and then you got a cold or something, hopefully not a cough. And so you missed the gym for a week. And it was just so easy not to go. Are you with me? Stay-at-home orders have really made complacency our common language. I've seen all the memes and pictures across social media of week one of stay-at-home breakfast versus week 10. And week one was a nice bacon and eggs and week 10 was a bowl of tortilla chips with milk in it. It's hard to get motivated to do something when the whole world and the government is telling you to do nothing. And so complacency creeps in. And at first it stalls our progress and then it stops it. We get complacent in our bodies. Progress is something we're called to holistically, not just spiritually. Your body is the dwelling place of the Almighty God and the way that you care for it matters. We hit this hard last week and maybe you got motivated, but over the seven days from there to here, you got complacent again. It's so easy to be complacent in this category. It's easier to eat junk food than healthy food. It's easier to sleep in than to work out. It's easier to stay up late than to go to sleep. I've been there on all of these. It's easier to give in to sexual desires than to resist temptation. But the problem is every area, body, mind, and soul are connected. And so when we get complacent here, we also get complacent with our mind. Complacency in our body is pretty easy to spot, but in our minds it can be a different thing. Maybe you were trying to learn something, focusing on your education or or learning a new skill, and, and now that's stopped and you've grown complacent. Maybe you've been getting to a good place mentally, but this shift in routine has made it hard for you to focus again. Maybe this is an emotional health issue you were working on. You were trying to take better care of yourself emotionally, making progress with healthy habits, but now you've stopped trying and things are going backwards or they've just stopped. 
And now instead of getting healthy emotionally, you are complacently accepting things the way they are. And all of this affects us in our spirit. Maybe you've grown complacent spiritually. Maybe you were really growing spiritually. You were praying every day and in a good rhythm with worship and scripture in your daily routine. Maybe you were on the dream team at church and really living in your purpose and you felt closer to God than ever. Then this virus hit and blew up all your routines. And the truth is, even though you agree that you need God now more than ever, you aren't pursuing Him anymore. When complacency stops our progress in one of these places, it starts to work its way into all three of them. The way that we're called to love God is with our heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's body, mind, and spirit. But too often, we become like the Ephesian church in Revelation. Jesus writes to them, You have forgotten the love you had at first. And that's what complacency is. We just forget. It's not that we don't care about progress. It's not like we don't want to move forward. We just forget why we should. I want to take a look at a passage in Ephesians today as we learn how, how to move forward out of our complacency. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 24, it says this, So I tell you this, and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live as the Gentiles. In this case, he means people who are not Christians. Do, it in the, do not live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Paul is describing the complacency that overcomes us and how it hardens our hearts to the progress we are called to. Verse 19, having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity. And they are full of greed. What, what tends to happen is as we grow more and more complacent in one area, it leaks into the next. So maybe at first, you just aren't trying to stay healthy. But in your lack of effort to stay physically healthy, you lose your sensitivity to avoiding the vices that lead us to indulge in these impurities, and it invites even more enemies of progress into your life. See, complacency is what happens to us in the absence of vision. And Paul knows that, so he puts some vision in front of the people of Ephesus. In verse 20 he says, That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in Him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught, with regard to your former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Let's break down these verses today and gain a new vision for our lives as we talk about our new self. Complacency is cured when we find new vision. New vision for your body. Verse 22 says, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. I think a lot of time our spiritual and mental progress has got to start with physical progress. I am far from a fitness guru or even someone who eats organic food, 
but I do believe that my physical health directly affects my mental and spiritual health. Last weekend, we learned from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 19 and 20. It says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. This passage is proof that our physical body connects to our spiritual life because this body is the dwelling place of God. Complacency in our physical lives comes out of us following our desires instead of our wisdom. But our physical desires can be deceitful. We see a huge bag of candy and think eating that will make me feel better. Is that true? No, it's not true. Maybe you don't think that way. I do. <laughs> what I've learned is that it's not going to make me feel better. It's going to give me a stomach ache. But we do it anyways because it's easier to say yes to something our bodies want than to say no to it. Stop being complacent with your health and gain a vision for where you want to be. Vision is the ability to have a goal in mind and to begin to think like someone who has already accomplished it. Here's what I mean. Let's say I have a vision for my life to be a healthy eater to go to bed early, and to an adapt an all-around healthier lifestyle. Every day, you are going to be faced with multiple small decisions that will lead to either greater complacency within your physical health or reaching the vision you have. When you face each small decision, think like the person you want to be. Example, it's lunchtime. I can get a fried chicken sandwich or a salad with grilled chicken. Which choice would a healthy person make? And then choose that one. Make sense? Take some time today to write down some goals and create a new vision for your body. And then make little decisions at a time, small decisions at a time, based on the vision you now have for your life, on who you want to be in your life. And every one of those small decisions adds up to defeat your complacency. Number two, new vision for your mind. In this passage, Paul says we've been taught to be made new in the attitude of our minds. If you want to beat complacency and begin to make progress again, you're going to have to reset your thinking. Paul says in another place, do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So much of the future God has dreamed for you and the future you see for yourself is either won or lost in your mind. When we get complacent with our mental health, with our emotional health, we can get stuck in the same unhealthy, dissatisfied patterns that all the world around us struggles with. As a follower of Jesus, there is more for you than this. Gain new vision for your mind. This is the year you go to war with your anxiety. The year you go to war with your depression. This is the year you make progress in your education. This year is the year you begin to think like someone with healthy relationships. This is the year you begin to make yourself better emotionally and you learn new ways to pray and worship and meditate so that you have peace in your mind. 
Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10.5, by the way, I want you to see how often Paul talks about our minds, our mental health, our thought life, our emotional condition. People tend to think we shouldn't discuss those things in the church because it's not spiritual to talk about our mental health. But the Apostle Paul writes about them all the time and how connected they are to our spiritual health. In, in 2 Corinthians 10.5, he says this, We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Create a habit, a simple thought habit. When complacency enters your mind, tells you it's too hard to move forward, when it tells you it's too hard to get healthy, when complacency tells you it's not worth trying to gain this education, when it stops you from learning and growing and finding peace, take that thought captive in that moment. Tell it it's a lie. Call it complacency. Declare it's an enemy of progress and make it obedient to Christ by declaring the truth He has promised over you. He says, for you are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do the good works He prepared in advance for you to do. He says He will make you an oak of righteousness, a planting of the Lord on display for His splendor. Create a new vision for your mind and hold firm to it. And then finally, we need new vision for your spirit. Paul finishes this call to end complacency with verse 24. Put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. At its core, complacency is getting stuck in your old self. The you that was broken, lazy, unmotivated, or just too comfortable. Stuck in the version of you that you feel you've outgrown, but it's easier to stay there than to move forward. It's time to leave the old you behind and move forward into your new self. One that is less like you and more like the one who made you. You were created with a purpose to serve and glorify the Most High God. 1 John 3.1 says, See what great love the Father has lavished upon us, that we should be called the children of God. And that is what we are. We are the children of God. And when we gain this vision for our lives, the pursuit of being more like the one who's adopted us as his sons and daughters, we find greater satisfaction than we could ever find at the end of a Netflix binge or a bowl of ice cream. David writes about the satisfaction of God in Psalm 63 and says, I will be satisfied as with the richest of foods. In other words, when we grow spiritually and pursue God beyond our complacency, we feel satisfaction like after a belly full of our favorite meal. You know what I'm talking about? Maybe you know that feeling too well. And the difference between that and this is you don't feel satisfied in one moment and then empty again moments later. It is a satisfaction that lasts. Stop being complacent with your spiritual growth. Satisfaction is within your grasp. Gain a new vision to put on your new self and to pursue the one who has pursued you. Destroy complacency with a new vision for your life. One that involves progress mentally, physically, and spiritually. And keep that vision in front of you constantly. There was a man who lived many, many years ago named Nehemiah. In the time he lived in Jer Jerusalem, the mighty city of the people of God had fallen. The temple and its walls were destroyed. 
And God put it in Nehemiah's heart to rebuild it. So he gets there and sees the destruction with fresh eyes, and he's amazed at it. And in that city are people who have been living there for 13 years in ruins. They had the resources and the ability to rebuild, but they didn't because they didn't have the vision. They were complacent, and so they sat in their ruins barely taking notice. For some of us, we are like these people, surrounded by these messes we've made that we have the ability to clean up, but we are complacent and stuck without vision. So Nehemiah gets them moving, and he gets them building, and things start to improve. He gets vision in front of them, and things begin to change, but then they face opposition. And when it gets hard, they start to remember how easy it was to just sit in this ruin. So Nehemiah takes their families and places them in the holes in the wall. And Nehemiah 4.13 through, through 14 says, Therefore I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posting by them by families with their swords, spears, and bows. And after I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, Don't be afraid of your enemies. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. Today you might gain some vision and begin to defeat the complacency that stalled your progress, but tomorrow you will face opposition. And so take a moment today and write down the vision you have for your life, the place you want to be, and keep it visible and present. Like your family in the wall, place it somewhere you will see it so you are constantly reminded of the why you are working towards the new self you are called to be. If you're here today and, and you, you have, have never felt like you had that kind of satisfaction, maybe, maybe you're with us and your life's been defined by complacency and you haven't really known which direction to move forward in or maybe you've always tried to move forward but never felt like you were gaining any ground. I want you to know that today you can enter into a relationship with the one who made you with no other prerequisites, no requirements, that you can know God exactly who you are, exactly as you are, exactly where you are. If you'd like to make that decision right now and enter into a relationship with Jesus, would you just pray this prayer with me right where you are? Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for the way that you have loved me for making me one of your children, for the plans that you have for me, for the purpose you set inside of me. Forgive me for trying to do this on my own. Forgive me for the mistakes I've made and every sin I've committed. I need you and I believe in you and I give my life to you. And from this moment on, I will follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, if you're here today and, and you're watching and you just made that prayer, uh, you just made that commitment, then make sure you fill out a connect card online so that we can know, so that we can help you figure out your next steps as a part of this family. We want to get you plugged in with the people that are going to help you move through this pathway to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. So make sure you let us know. This is also the time when we worship through giving. I've got to tell you guys that you are such a generous church. And even in this season where we know there is so much hardship around, your generosity has persisted and it has allowed us as the church to offer generosity to our community and to the people outside our community. And we're so grateful for that. You know, we believe giving is worship. 
And so we invite you, if this is your home, to worship with us in that way. And uh, if you would like to, you can give online or, or through any of the ways mentioned before in the announcements. Thank you so much for worshiping with us here today. Let me pray one more time as we go. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for that you are a God of newness. That, Lord, you are not uh, focused on the me that is behind. You allow me to forget what is behind so that I can press on towards the goal that is ahead. And so, God, today we throw off our old self and we put on our new self. And, Lord, I just ask that you would help us to move beyond our complacency, that we would be able to break past it and to enter into a new chapter that you would give us fresh vision for what you want to do with us next that we could keep making progress to become more and more like you. We love you. We honor you. We worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.